There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about CanadaLand and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures. And it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support CanadaLand. We need you to. And so for this month and this month only, you can become a CanadaLand supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. This episode is brought to you by Squarespace, the easiest way to create a beautiful website, blog, or online store for you and your ideas. Squarespace features an elegant interface, beautiful templates, and incredible 24-7 customer support. Try Squarespace at squarespace.com and enter the offer code CANADALAND at checkout to get 10% off. Marshall Jones, the uh, managing editor at Info News Kelowna. How you doing? I'm okay. How are you? I'm all right. Welcome to Canada Land Shortcuts. This episode is brought to you by Dan Dickinson, Matthew E. Day, Suzanne LaRose, Sean Rydell, Brent Redmond-Shannon, Sarah Fellin, Micah Luxon, and Janet McDonald. Janet, why did you decide to be awesome? Because the official narrative is always bullshit. Plus, you ask the questions everyone else is afraid to ask, and you have the nerve to disagree with them. This episode is also brought to you by Squarespace.com. Squarespace is a great place to make a website. If you need to make a website, I mean, Labor Day is coming up, so if you have a project coming up, if you've been meaning to do a personal website, this is a good time to build it. And Squarespace is a nice, easy way to do that. They have 24-7 support via live chat and email. It costs 8 bucks a month. You get a free domain if you buy Squarespace for the year. It comes with an e-commerce site. Responsive design, so you build it once on your desktop. It'll work on a laptop. It'll work on a phone. It'll work on a tablet. And what you do is you just 
pick a cover page from their library of really modern-looking, well-designed, simple, elegant cover pages, and you plug in your information. Whether you're a photographer, a freelancer, or you got a small business, whatever it is you're trying to get across, you can find a page that that matches the tone and atmosphere of what you're trying to do. You can start a trial with Squarespace now. You don't need a credit card to do it, and you can just immediately start playing with a thing, which is actually kind of fun to do. And when you do decide to sign up for Squarespace, make sure to use the offer code CANADALAND. You'll get 10% off of your first purchase. Squarespace, build it beautiful. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, It's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month at BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's BetterHelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health, CAMH. We hear a lot about the opioid crisis. We talk a lot about the mental health crisis. These are serious problems. These problems affect us all. They've affected my life and my community. They're not intractable problems. I don't know what's going to solve them on a policy level, but day-to-day helping people, that's what CAMH does. They do it on the ground when people need help, and they do it through research. The team at CAMH gave our team a tour of their facilities, and we were really just blown away by the incredible, heroic work that they're doing every day. They treat everyone with dignity, and their research is seeking and finding real solutions for everyone around the world. Help change mental health care forever. Your support will help CAMH build a future where no one is left behind. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. Marshall, um, the headline for your uh, your recent story, this is a story, you didn't write this story, right? My uh, reporter wrote it. Uh, I edited it. Headline was, man in blue suit thanks firefighters. Who is this man in the blue suit? And can you tell me uh, a little bit about this story. Yeah, well, it was a, a guy who kind of came into town uh, in Kelowna from uh, Ottawa for um, what appeared to be just uh, nothing but a political photo op. So we thought, uh, I mean, he wants us to play this game, and we thought that we got no part in that. So Stephen Harper came to Kelowna where the firefighters there have been battling this this West Side Road fire like, what, what are the circumstances? What's the context that the prime minister kind of inserted himself into here? This has been quite a year out here for firefighters out in the Okanagan, uh, for fires in general. I mean, it's usually pretty bad in the summertime, but this has been just kind of an unbelievable year, which I suppose warrants the, the prime minister to, to come out and, and uh, you know, rally the troops and say what he's got to say. But, you know, we were sort of looking at this. We got about six hours notice on this, and we sort of talked about it in a story meeting, and uh, we just 
just we don't normally do this kind of thing. We don't go to, you know, the various political photo ops that come out. They're going to announce some funding, whether it's the province, whether it's uh, whether it's federal MPs. And boy, they're starting to to run those out right now. But um, honestly, our our plan in the morning was to just not go um, because we had other things to do. So as we got kind of closer to it, uh, I realized I couldn't go. I pulled Adam off his other story to go. And this is out. I mean, it's, it's in Kelowna, but it's you know, it's about a good hour drive out there. They have an hour to, you know, go through security. And then yeah, it, it was just, it was exactly what we expected it would be. A couple of politicians standing around, actually a bunch of politicians standing around. Great photo op for them. Absolutely nothing for us. And we, we were a little pissed off that this was set up this way. And we were a little pissed off maybe even that we were duped into going out to this thing. But uh, Adam goes out to cover this thing, and he comes back, and he was, we, we were on the same page uh, with what I was thinking earlier in the day, and, and I was kind of wondering if I would do that, but uh, Adam sent me 31 photos from the thing, and uh, that one just sort of jumped right out, and it was just like, yeah, I mean, that's exactly the photo. Adam's a great photographer. The photo that you're referring to, uh, basically in the foreground, very blurred are uh, Prime Minister Stephen Harper and Premier Christy Clark, and in sharp focus standing behind them, looking kind of tired, looking unshaven, looking a little bit skeptical, is a firefighter. Yeah, exactly. And what nobody else saw, which, you know, we have them sort of as stock photos now, but among these 31 photos are all these firefighters and they're they're sweaty, they're dirty, they looked exhausted, and it just, the photo was just perfect for, for what we were sort of thinking about doing. If the Prime Minister wouldn't actually answer questions, and if it was, you were being summoned to this hour drive each way through security merely to propagandize for uh, the election campaign. Yeah, exactly. But you're in a difficult position because, like you said earlier, that does warrant the prime minister's attention. And for him to come in and, and give a big hurrah for the firefighters is certainly newsworthy, but you can't ignore that there is this other element, that there's this campaigning element. Obviously, you were venting some of your frustration uh, to not just be a tool in the slant that you took on this story. Were the firefighters diverted from their tasks to do this? Were they, did they share your annoyance at this whole, you know, theatrical event? We, we kind of have some sort of some off the record conversation with some people about that. And, and from what we understand, I mean, the firefighters, they do get a bit of a kick out of this. They get some, you know, they like to be recognized and all that kind of thing. And I, th- I think that's absolutely fine. I, I think that's great. I'm, I'm glad they get something like that. I just don't know why we had to be involved. Mm-hmm. I mean, Christy Clark, uh, our Premier Christy Clark was out there that just the day before, and we knew what that was going to be as well. So we we didn't go. I mean, everybody else went, and everybody went out there to do it, and we're like, well, we've got other things to do. Uh, we don't think she's going to say anything special, and if she's going to go out there to thank firefighters, I mean, good on her. But we don't need to be there. Yeah. Well, I mean, whether or not the news needs to be there or not is almost a separate question from whether or not multiple sources need to be there. Because at a stage managed event like that, no one's getting a different story than anyone else. Exactly. And and what are you going to get? And it's, you know, yeah, I, I suppose there, there's some frustration in there generally. And, you know, we're web news. So this is all kind of uh, seat of the pants sometimes, although I was, as I say, sort of thinking about this a little bit ahead of time. This is just kind of what we do. I mean, we've got a bit of a skeleton crew. We cover a big area 
area. We just can't afford to go to these things if there's nothing significant or nothing interesting or nothing newsworthy that's going to be coming out of these things. What would have been newsworthy? What was Adam hoping to ask the prime minister that he wasn't allowed to ask? Well, we wanted to ask a bit about the the press conference itself. Um, you know, we wanted to ask, you know, resources. We wanted to ask some of those questions like, uh, you know, were those firefighters just off the line? Um, you know, where did you get them from or, or that kind of thing? The Canadian press reporter who was out there um, sort of addressed that, asked a question about uh, global warming and what we're going to be doing about these things. Is this something we expect that's going to be going on? Um, you know, should we expect summers, more summers like this going forward? Or Basically, are the, are the fires related to global warming? Uh, yeah, like, you know, do we have any thoughts on this? Are we looking at this? But, um, you know, just uh, that just wasn't available. Yeah, the first ones just seem like practical, fair questions. Is this diverting resource from the firefighting effort itself? Everything that's required for, you know, the helicopters, the firefighters, in the act of uh, celebrating these people or perhaps celebrating himself, is it actually working against the interests of stopping the fire? Exactly. And because these, these things, they always kind of look like this. Um, you know, whether it's uh, somebody popping in to, to thank the firefighters and, and uh, inviting the media out there. You know, we always get government ministers. I mean, it's just, it's kind of a common thing now for uh, various ministries to, you know, they send out a, an invitation to a press release and then they, they phone you up and they ask you, so did you get the press release? And we're like, yeah. And they, you know, well, do you think you're going to make it out? And my answer is always no. Why would we? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are, but I mean, the the PR people seem to be winning this long protracted sort of battle that goes on between journalism and PR. But they, you know, and then they're like, well, well, why not? And I'm like, well, because we're going to send somebody out there. You're going to send a press release while my reporter's there. So anybody who doesn't go is going to be able to get up any important information out there. The political people, they don't answer any questions. They stay on the talking points. They only say what they've, uh, what they've got in a release. So the only time we ever go to any of these things is if we have stories uh, that we need comment on or we need to nail some kind of minister for, um, like I say, some kind of other story. Of course, the counterargument here is that you've made your irritation with the uh, PR handlers the story and you've sort of made yourself the story and that this is an anti-Harper story where you've hijacked the moment, you've diverted attention from the firefighters, you've made this about uh, a media story about message control. I know you've received some some blowback in that respect that this was a slanted anti-Harper story. What do you have to say to that? Uh, it's an easy thing. It's an easy criticism to make. Um, you know, I get it. Uh, people are going to sort of make those things. But, you know, I got a lot of young people on staff and, and we talk about this kind of thing all the time about just trying to stay true to the story, trying to stay true to what we do and trying to get through, trying to get past all that that PR bullshit. Uh, you know, yeah, that maybe it was a bit of opportunism because it was a prime minister, but he, he also, quite apart from anything political, I think he kind of deserves it. I mean, you know, you're going to come in there, and I, yes, I'm aware a lot of other media across the country have sort of had similar similar issues, um, likes to call the press conference and um, doesn't like to say anything, uh, and I get that, but, I mean, to be honest, I can't imagine uh, a news website from Kelowna, B.C. is going to cause any real problems for the prime minister. You said something I thought was really poignant, uh, you know, when you were responding to some commenters you got in the ring as people were criticizing it on that basis that it was an anti-Harper story. 
and it was biased. And you said that, you know what, if we had passed on to the public uncommitted promises with a photo of the politician, that would be biased. And of course, Harper made some vague promises about uh, helping with the firefighting effort, you know, and and of course that's a provincial matter, not a federal matter, and he he wouldn't go any further as to what that commitment was. I I thought that was a really good point, just just, you can broaden that to so many different events. Like, had you just shown up and with no opportunity to introduce your own question, all you could do is report what is said there, and what is said there has been carefully constructed to – to help with an election campaign, that itself, allowing yourself to be used as a political campaign tool, would be a biased application of your media organ. You know, I thought that was a good point. Well, yeah, I mean, and, and this kind of thing is, I mean, we're, we're three months away from an election campaign. And I can tell you just by looking at some of the, the uh, press releases that come in from the incumbent MPs. And again, they just happen to be uh, uh, CPC uh, candidates around here or, or MPs around here. But uh, I mean, we've got we got four invitations to press conferences um, this month alone. And, you know, this is always a problem for us as, as local news is, is what the heck to do with uh, half the time provincial politics, but federal politics as well, because it just seems so far removed from everything that we do. I mean, we had the, the local MP show up here the other day and announce defense funding that had absolutely nothing to do with, with our area or what we do. But that doesn't stop everybody from running the, the nice, glossy, supplied photo of, of the MP shaking hands with somebody. And it's like, what am I supposed to do with that? There's no news value to that whatsoever, except that it's got Kelowna in the lead because it's the Kelowna MP. And it's yeah, it's sort of insulting, isn't it? It's, it's like, oh, you're local news and we've we've recognized that you exist. So you, surely you're going to come out and, you know, we, we've got one of your local politicians or some local landmark in the background. You got to cover it. Exactly. And, and we just, you know, I, I don't know if it's it's maybe just being web only news or or I don't know exactly what it is, but it, just because things are changing all the time. And I find we constantly have to be asking ourselves questions of of why. Why are we doing this? Why are we doing that? Why does this happen? People are always going to think what they want about these things. But as far as an anti-Harper thing, no, this is just like a more of a statement on journalism. And I know that kind of makes us a bit of the story. But like I say, I think, you know, we're allowed to be bold. Yeah, it was a bit cheeky. But, you know, Ottawa's a long way from Kelowna. And, and most of the stuff that goes on there just has absolutely nothing to do with us or our readers. And it's, you know, and then this guy parachutes into town and, you know, what are we supposed to do with it? Today, Catherine Porter, the Toronto Star columnist who lied about her encounter with me at a global warming protest two weeks ago, she finally broke her silence on the matter. She issued a non-apology apology, or as it's sometimes called, an ironic apology. Porter lied about how I treated her daughter. I was friendly to her. I didn't fight with a nine-year-old. Last week, the Star's public editor, Kathy English, wrote a full page in the Star taking Porter to task for her misleading column. I note that Canada's self-professed media critics, the Globe and Mail's Simon Haupt and Jesse Brown of Canada Land and all the second-rate journalists who are now professors at journalism schools, none of them have said a word about this scandal. And that's because they are social justice warriors too, just like Catherine Porter. They're, they're gossips, really, and they're leftists. All right, so there you go. I'm sorry to subject you to this, Marshall. If uh, if you're if you're an anti Harper journalist, then I've, I I get, I'm be told I'm a social justice warrior, just like Simon Hupt, apparently a leftist and a gossip. 
Ezra Levant really wants my attention. He's been emailing me. He sent me a direct message about this other thing that, that his website's doing really well, that it's beating McLean's. And why don't I talk about that, I guess, is the implication. And, um, and so I'll give him some of my attention right now. You know, somebody pointed this out on Twitter. This thing that happened between him and Catherine Porter, I can't imagine why you, why you would care about this, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bore you with it anyhow. W- will you endure this for a second, Marshall? Yes. <laughs> I appreciate it. I just didn't care enough to talk about it. So Ezra showed up to a, a, a rally that was, um, I, I guess, about uh, climate change. And Catherine Porter, a columnist for the Toronto Star, she wrote a piece about it because she accosted him with, with her daughter. And uh, and then he felt that he caught her in in, in some misrepresentations, which he did. She, there's there's some stuff in there about how she identified herself. Apparently, that's contentious about exactly how the exchange went down. She misquoted her own daughter. You know, I watched this play out. I thought her column was bad. I thought it was bizarre. I saw his response to it. I saw Kathy English, the public editor of the Toronto Star, uh, a- admit at length that this was a problematic piece. I saw Catherine Porter apologize for it. I saw Ezra take a victory lap. Why didn't I talk about this? Is it because I'm just a social justice warrior. No, I just don't care. It's not that interesting or important. And it was it was adequately dealt with. I, I um, you know, I'm, like this sort of speaks to what I'm trying to do here, which is a lot of, you know, when Ezra sort of called me out and mobilized his troops, they were like, yeah, why didn't you're a media critic? Why didn't you talk about this? It's a media story. I, I don't feel like I have a responsibility to the beat to talk about everything that comes up. It's only if I have something to say, you know? You don't care about a lame interaction between a right-wing agitator at a at a hippie rally? <laughs> I mean, n- n- nobody saw this coming? I mean... Okay, all right. I'm going to care about it for a second, okay? I've kept my powder dry. Let's engage with it because... You know, if my hand is forced and I actually pay attention to this, you know, you heard Ezra in there saying that he didn't, he did not fight with this kid. And, uh, you know, he said it again and again that uh, he, he brought up the, the Seinfeld episode where Kramer, you know, wins a karate match against a bunch of nine-year-olds. And he says, I, I, I'm not trying to win a karate match against a nine-year-old. I was friendly to the kid. So let's listen to Ezra and the kid. If we're going to talk about it, let's talk about it. Let's listen to Ezra and Catherine Porter's daughter here. Hi, Lila, I'm Ezra. Well, it's a, it's a good question. I, I think the obvious answer is yes, because over the course of thousands of years, the Earth gets warmer and colder. Have you ever heard of the ice ages before? And we're not in an ice age now, right? What's your sign say? Sign is about and the part of the future that doesn't um, get well, being carbon dioxide. And what kind of car do you guys have? Um, what, what do you mean by normal? Is it an electric car? Well, uh, don't we have electric cars right now? Like, isn't the car of the future here already? Well, the gas companies don't want it to happen. Well, Tesla is pretty successful, isn't it? Have you heard of a Tesla? I think he's fighting with a nine-year-old. <laughs> I think he doesn't know how to interview Interview a nine-year-old is probably a, a good policy for him to maintain of not interviewing little people. He's on, like, a rhetorical line of questioning. He's cross-examining her towards a certain conclusion. He's arguing with a nine-year-old. He's trying to win a fight with a nine-year-old. He's very, he's like, I suppose, not unpleasant. and He's not unfriendly in the way that he uh, is arguing with her. But dude is totally arguing with a little kid. So, I mean, you, you know, I, I, I was just going to walk by this one, Marshall. I didn't need to, to, to weigh in. But Ezra, I mean, this whole thing with Ezra, like, bragging about how well the Rebel is doing, it's like when he was on my show— 
he knew exactly how many references there were to him in the Globe and Mail, but he didn't know his own ratings on Sun News. He couldn't tell me what his own ratings were. I thought that was a little funny as well. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, what can I say here? Like, I, I, I will certainly cover The Rebel. I cover the media. I think that The Rebel is an interesting story. The fact that it has uh, been crowdfunded, you know, so quickly, uh, the fact that the website is doing well. I mean, this whole McLean's comparison, I used to write from McLean's, a really, really good story there would do like 10,000 hits. So, you know, that's not necessarily something to brag about so much, but they're, you know, a well-established brand, maybe not online. So, you know, look, I, I'm not trying to take anything away from the fact that he's doing independent online crowdfunded media and has found an audience. I think that's wonderful. If people detect skepticism, with me when it comes to Ezra. They're absolutely right. And it's not because I'm a leftist or a gossip or a social justice warrior. It's because I'm skeptical. You know, I'm skeptical of like a bunch of middle-aged, white, pro-oil conservative guys who call themselves the rebels. That's, that's, I'm skeptical of that, <laughs> you know? And, uh, and I'm skeptical of Ezra because he made this absolutely disgusting, bigoted, racist rant uh, this anti-gypsy rant is, uh, I think, exactly the words he used. He called the Roman people gypsies, and he later apologized. For, I don't know, uh, had to apologize for it, was forced to apologize. And he's got to wear that every time his name comes up, as far as I'm concerned. So that's going to factor into whatever I have to say about, about Israel event and the rebel. And I feel like I've, I've, I've even said too much. But, uh, but if I need to, I'll cover him. I'll cover him whenever we need to. And uh, Marshall, you should know that. Yeah. Thanks, man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I listened to your interview with him and, and I thought you hit, uh, I don't know if that was careful editing or, or just uh, good timing on your part, but clearly Catherine Porter needs to listen to that. I mean, you, you, see, you see Israel Levant at a uh, sort of a left-wing rally and he's talking to a guy in a chicken suit. I mean, I don't think he's getting the controversy he's looking for. So why she took it upon herself to offer that up for him and then, you know, four posts and about 5,000 words in the star later. And I think she pretty much did his job for him. Oh, I think that she should have walked right on by. I think that I, I tried to walk by. Um, and, uh, you know, I think they deserve each other. I, I, I don't limit my criticism to Ezra in that in that really enlightening exchange. Not a lot else goes on in Toronto, it sounds like. Yeah, it's pretty boring here. There's no fires. There's nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, that's what constitutes like a, a story with legs uh, this summer here in Toronto. Marshall, thank you very much. That's your Canada Land Shortcuts for this week. You can uh, always email me at jesse at canadalandshow.com. I read everything. I respond when I can. I'm on Twitter at Jesse Brown. Marshall, where can people find you? We are at uh, infonews.ca in Kelowna, British Columbia. All right. Our website is canadalandshow.com. The crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. The next episode of Canadaland will be up on Monday, the next episode of Canada Land Commons will be up on Tuesday. I make this show with Katie Jensen. If you like this show, please support it. Hey, I need you to pay close attention to this message. It is not an ad. This is about Canada Land and this is about you. You need to know that the news crisis is about to get a lot worse. You've heard about the layoffs. We're about to have news closures and it's very likely that we're going to be seeing the defunding of the CBC. Where are you going to get your information from? What can you do about this? You can support Canada Land. We need you to. 
And so for this month and this month only, you can become a Canada Land supporter and get everything our supporters get for just $2 a month. That is an almost 80% discount. The clock is ticking on this. It disappears at the end of the month, and then we will not offer it. We need your support. We need to keep news coverage alive in Canada. Go right now to canadaland.com slash join. And thank you. A couple of years ago, a cop was shot dead on a deserted pier in the tiny nation of Belize. The only other person there that night was a frightened young woman found covered in blood. By all appearances, it was an open and shut case. But not in Belize, where this woman was connected to a mysterious billionaire who basically runs the place. Justice will not be served in this case. She's going to get away with it. Or will she? White Devil, a Campside Media original. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.